0: we exactly ready? Okay, this is part two in my Spine of Prophecy series. These, these sermons are going to be a little bit shorter than the norm, or at least less information. I'm going to be taking my time, and um, I'm really wanting to spend some time on this. How many of you guys would like to learn about what the Bible says about the end times? Amen. But it is a deep, complicated subject. It's not something that's the ABCs of Christianity. So you really have to take your time with it. So last week I focused on, well, I preached about different issues, but the sermon was entitled Motives. It's very important that the motives behind studying the end times is that we are looking for Jesus. That needs to be the motives. I'm gonna close with that type of Thought line here at the end that thought pattern I'm gonna talk about focusing on Jesus but the book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ you understand the book of Revelation is not the revelation of the Antichrist the book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ and yes the earth is going to experience a shaking like it's never shook why because it's being prepared for the king and his entrance okay so we're looking tonight for Jesus Christ. We're looking tonight for what Jesus is going to do in the earth in these last days, okay? So that's kind of where I'm going with this. That was how I wanted to end last week's sermon. I don't know that I did the best job about that, but this is a spinoff of last week, so hopefully I'll be able to cover more of that. All right, I'm entitled this one, Radiant Confidence, and you'll see why at the end. But whenever Jesus was asked about the last days, if you read Matthew 24, his disciples said to him, Jesus, Rabbi, what about these end times, the signs of your coming? What will mark the last days and all that? And Jesus walks out with them, and you remember he talked about the temple and all that, but he said the very first thing Jesus said, and I want everybody to hear this, the very first thing out of his mouth was, watch out that no one deceive you. Let that sink in tonight. That, to me, it really says a lot, that the very first thing Jesus said out of his mouth was, watch out that nobody deceive you. So that's really a lot of my first couple sermons is dealing with that issue right there. But that's when Jesus was asked about the end times, that's number one revelation that he gave us in Matthew 24 is that there would be deception. And he said that deception would be so thick on the earth that if it were possible, even the elect would be deceived. That's how bad it would be. So deception in these last days is gonna be thick. I mean, it's gonna be like syrup, it's gonna be thick. And we're gonna have to really walk intimate with the Lord, okay? So with that said, a couple things, you'll hear me say probably every single week, it's important that all Christians know the Bible for themselves don't depend on other people you're not going to be able in these last days to keep yourself totally from any type of confusion or anything if you don't even know the bible we're going to have to know the bible for ourselves that is the compass you know you get out on a ship and you're you're out somewhere sailing or whatever and all of a sudden the fog comes in you can't see which way you're going The only thing that's going to gauge you where you're going is the compass. How many knows the Bible is the compass? It is the Word of God, the compass in these last days to help navigate through. And also, we're going to have to know the Holy Spirit for ourselves. He is a person. I'm telling you, get to know Him. When you pray, talk to Him. Ask, Ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, help me to know Your presence, Your voice, Your leading. Because when you really get to know the Holy Spirit, he is the one that will help keep you, okay? The Holy Spirit, once you know his presence, you're gonna know an evil presence. When you know his voice, you're gonna know another voice is not his voice. That's the, that's the key, is your intimacy with the Holy Spirit will protect you in these last days tremendously, okay? I spend every day, of course, I'm pastoring. I, I spend probably more time in prayer But that's what the book of Acts pattern is. When you read, I want, see, when Jesus was here, he discipled his leaders and he did a church plant. He planted the church that's in Jerusalem at that time, was in Jerusalem. He put the leadership in place. He he planted that church. That was Jesus' work on the earth. So don't you think it's advantageous for us today to study the work there, that what Jesus did? And so when you read the book of Acts, you're reading what Jesus had established in the earth. Now, one of the things was that Peter and these other guys, the disciples, said it's not for us to spend our time waiting tables and doing all this stuff. We need to devote ourselves to the Word of God in prayer. That was important to them because it was out of their time in prayer that they could minister to the people and they and they saw that with jesus he was continually going from one place of prayer to the next all right so know the holy spirit know the word of god for yourself okay and we'll get into some of that all right so let me start with this and then we'll work our way down it but we have to believe the whole bible I've been in the ministry for a long time now, about 20 years, honestly, and I remember that through the years, I would preach, and I've always been one that I never wanted to get a bad attitude about a certain subject in the Bible. Like, for example, I love the Baptists, but they don't like talking about tongues, do they? You know, they'll tell you, I don't like, I don't believe in all that. It's in the Bible. They just don't like that part of the Bible. You see what I'm saying? All right, I could go through a lot of different subjects. There's people that have their pet doctrines. They don't like water baptism being immersion. They, they just don't like that. They, don't, they think you need to be sprinkled. Okay, and, and you, we could go on and on. There's people that they don't like different portions of the Word of God. But I've never had that attitude. I've always wanted to be somebody that if I read something in the Bible that bothered me, I wanted to recognize the Bible's not the problem. I don't need to get my scissors out and cut that out. That's not the problem. The problem is somewhere in here. So, Lord, forgive me and help me to conform into the image of Christ and line my life up with the word. Just show me. And I've always wanted to be that way. And so whenever I preach, I preach the whole word of God. And I've watched over the years as different people don't like certain topics and they'll get irritated. I remember one time I was just simply talking about faith healing. I believe in healing today. I believe what we've got to have faith today. And this guy got really angry, and he did not like it at all. But that's just, that's, the problem is with him, not with the word, amen? And it's the same with anybody that has a problem with the scripture. So I said all of that to get to this point. The Bible says we're living in the last days because all the signs are there. So I'm trying to make this in this series extremely clear and let the Holy Spirit just blow away any fog that's been there. Okay, you ready? We're in the end times now. That means that what the Bible says about the end times is happening now. We've got to quit talking about it 10 years from now. It's now. So that means all the scriptures, all the warnings, Jesus said, watch out that nobody deceive you, all of that is right now. You need to be applying that right now to your life. So these are now scriptures. You know, a thousand years ago, people read the scriptures and they say, well, one of these days. No, we're in that one of these days right now. We're in that time. So the end time scriptures apply to us. And the Bible talks about things like I shared last week about a falling away deception, seducing spirits, doctrines of demons, things like that. Please hear me tonight because this could really help you, but those scriptures are for right now. Okay, right now. All right, so let me move through this. Here's some safeguards that we can apply to our lives. Number one, the Bible tells us, and if any at any point in time something I say gets on your nerves, I want you to remember this. If there's a problem here, it's not the Bible that's the problem so Lord deal with my heart okay but the Bible says to test the spirits because not every spirit is of God we love the Holy Spirit he's the Spirit of God he's God Almighty and we're thankful that the Lord sends his holy angels okay I've been privileged to see some and I've seen their activity and they you know I'm thankful that they seriously i'm very thankful that god sends them to protect us because we need it but not every spirit in this world is in christ's kingdom some of them are dark satanic spirits and some of them will pretend to be spirits of christ's kingdom that's their function they come as angels of light They masquerade as the Holy Spirit. They pretend to be the Holy Spirit. They pretend to be holy, and they want to traffic in religious circles. So you have to have true discernment to know these things, but we've got to test the spirits. So let me, I'm going to close this little section I'm about to share with about the Bereans. I'm going to get to that, but right now, let me say this. You can have, anytime I preach, you'll hear me use this analogy a lot, but there's a ditch on both sides okay on one side you've got the people that are real critical they're real skeptical they're real negative they're cynical they 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 really don't like revival they think it's a bunch of fanaticism they don't like all that emotion in church you know everybody's faking all this stuff and they're just real critical and that that is very ungodly attitude it's demonic And hopefully if they ever hear this sermon they'll hear me warn them jesus christ said not me jesus said that if you speak against the holy spirit it will not be forgiven you in this life or in the next jesus said that that's not my opinion he said that and so i warn them to be careful what you say and quit speaking evil of the holy spirit all right, that's one side over here. That's a ditch. Now you've got the whole other side of the ditch, or the whole other side of the road, rather, the other side of here, where people will blindly accept anything. They never test the spirits. They think everybody that prophesies is a true prophet. Everybody that's somebody, you know, is they're praying for people and they're falling out. It's always God. They just blindly follow anything, and they... Anything and everything going on, they just swallow it like it's got to be God. There's no testing of the spirits. And so the one side over here that's real critical in all that, they're in deception. But then you've got the whole other side of the road that they're also in deception because they're accepting probably some things that are of God, but they're also going to accept some things that are not of God too because there's no litmus test. There's nothing there to differentiate, okay? Okay so if that bothers you just remember what i said at the beginning okay the problem is not the word of god the problem is somewhere in us and the lord is wanting to protect us so he wants us to test the spirits to see is this of god or is it not okay so that's number one don't blindly accept everything just because there's power demonstrated just because there's healings just because people fall just because there's accurate information doesn't necessarily mean that it's the holy ghost it can be functioning just like a witch it can be somebody has like a familiar spirit they can get accurate information there can be power there can even be healing witch doctors heal people so just because there's power and just because it's happening hear me Just because it's happening inside of a church or inside of a conference somewhere does not mean that it's necessarily of God. And just because somebody has a reputation, just because they've written books, just because they've got a website, and just because they're on a platform somewhere with a microphone somebody gave them does not mean that they are pure and holy and necessarily moving with God. And so you need to test the spirits. And if you do it with a right heart, you're being biblical, okay? The next thing is, the Bible commands us to judge prophecy. It says that in 1 Corinthians 14, 29. But I'm concerned because even some of my friends, I don't know that they'll listen, but there's no testing of the spirits with some of them. There's no judging prophecy. And I'm concerned for some of them. But the Bible says to judge prophecy. Am I not telling you the truth here? It does. And so by judging prophecy and making sure that it is right, we are actually obeying the Bible and being biblical. Now, we do it in love. I mean, if there's somebody that's a baby Christian, and they they genuinely have a prophetic gift, and they're not always hitting everything perfectly every time, just encourage them along the way. But if somebody's been in this thing a long time, they're established, they've been... Quote, prophet for 20 years they've got this big ministry there needs to be some accountability there if they're half the time being accurate and the other other half the time being off there's something somewhere that is not good okay so we are commanded in Scripture to judge prophecy all right the next one is Revelation 2 2 Jesus commended the church he commended the church because they judged that they were people that were saying they were apostles but they were not let me say that again jesus commended this church because they were judging these people say they're apostles but they're actually not and jesus commended them for that that they discerned that and they didn't accept them as true apostles do you see that okay see i'm concerned right now that if somebody's testing the spirits, judging prophecy, and discerning that somebody's not really a true apostle, that they're being viewed by certain circles as just being critical and negative. But in actual fact, if they're doing it with a, a loving right spirit about them, they're just being biblical. Jesus also said in Matthew seven, twenty one through twenty three, examine the fruit so we need to be looking at fruit look at fruit of people's lives if they're using profanity if they have an alcohol issue if you see some things that are off color you know it, it, there needs to be some red flags there something somewhere is not not good and judge the fruit of ministry what type of fruit is their ministry bearing for the kingdom are people legitimately being saved Are people are there true healings or lives being changed the greatest fruit really is that people are falling more deeply in love with Jesus and are becoming more and more righteous that's really true powerful fruit because anybody can get get up here and have a good charismatic personality and whip everybody up in a frenzy and get everybody excited and rallying around a sermon anybody can do that and you can still function in gifts and an anointing even though somebody's not even right with God that will result in some healings and some demons fleeing but true biblical fruit will be that people are really deeply falling in love with Jesus and the sin is leaving their life they're getting more and more pure before the Lord that to me speaks a lot more and also that the manifest glory remember this one guys if you can remember anything from this sermon somebody can still they can start out doing really good and they're anointed and they're gifted but they backslide and they start they could be having an affair or whatever and they can still get up and preach and there still be a residue of anointing and some giftings that they're operating in did y'all know that that's concerning isn't it but i'll tell you this Look for, and you guys are familiar with the glory because of being here, look for the glory. Because the Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory. They may have a residue of anointing and some gifts, but that weighty, glory, thick presence of God will not be where sin is. It won't. Remember that. So if things are off, you're not gonna sense that thick, weighty glory, okay? Here's another one this is jesus christ himself teaching us this he said beware of wolves in sheep's clothing this wasn't i mean i'm not of course even if it was paul or peter we'd still listen to it's in the bible but this is jesus himself saying this jesus christ said that there would be wolves in sheep's clothing I'm waiting for a moment, not for the dramatic effect. I'm waiting for this to really, for people to really lay hold of this because you're living in a time where there's going to be wolves in sheep's clothing. Okay, so let's think about a wolf in sheep's clothing. It looks like a sheep. So when you go places, Jesus said that Jesus Christ taught us that there's going to be churches, ministries, places, um, big crusades, conferences, whatever, that there's going to be people there. They look just like a Christian. They know the lingo. and in, in every way, you would think, surely this is a brother in the Lord. But he said that there will be a, scattered among the people wolves that look like sheep, but they're not sheep. I don't... Just because somebody, and I've had people get mad at me about this, but just because somebody says, well, they accepted Christ, that's wonderful. I really, with every part of me, hope that they do, and I'm excited about that. But I don't just swallow that hook, line, and sinker. Jesus taught us to look at the fruit. When they start bearing fruit, that's when you can say, ah, what they got is real not before you're being very unbiblical if you're only going by what people say out of their mouth jesus taught us don't go by what people say out of their mouth go by their fruit okay all right here's another thing beware of false prophets and false teachers second peter 2 1 And I didn't put this in there, but Revelation, where it talked about, I believe it's Thyatira, where it talked about the Jezebel spirit in Revelation 2.20, right around there. Listen to what Revelation said. I'm just going off the top of my head, but it said about Jezebel, and this is in the book of Revelation, so we can deduce from that that it's pertaining to the last days, okay? But it says the Jezebel spirit was tolerated in that church and it says that Jezebel there was apparently some woman that that was operating in the spirit it said this, it says she calls herself a prophet and she teaches my servants to commit acts of sexual immorality and eat food sacrificed to idols so what you see there is prophet teacher teacher what's interesting is and i know i know that there's people that pastor there's some amazing wonderful men and women of god out there i know that there's some of them out there that are pastors that are not living right okay and i know that there's probably the same thing with evangelists but you see in scripture and you guys know this because you've read the bible that the emphasis though is beware of false prophets and false teachers for some reason you don't read beware of false pastors i'm just saying there are false pastors but the emphasis is to beware of false prophets and false teachers that's reiterated so why is that because that's the area that seems that the enemy really traffics there's a lot of deception that comes through the prophetic if it's not real and there's a lot of deception that can come through teaching that's why we have to be established and grounded in sound doctrine let me tell you i think a lot of charismatic circles have taken an emphasis off of sound doctrine and it's been devastating to some of them because they've accidentally let some weird stuff in all right that leads me to second timothy 4 3 to endure sound doctrine now again all this is in the bible so just remember i said it at the beginning don't get mad at me i'm just telling you what the bible says but it says endure sound doctrine and it says that there would come a day, and this has got to be in our day, Last, this is the last days, there would come a day when people would not endorse sound doctrine, but they would gather unto themselves teachers that tell them what their itching ears want to hear. We're living in that day. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to sit under preaching that's just telling me what they think I want to hear. I want to hear the truth. And if that means that it convicts me so bad that I'm squirming, I want to hear the truth. I remember during the Browns, Brownsville Revival, all these people got saved and Richard Crisco would talk to him about, okay, here's what you do next because he's a bunch of heathen men. Here's what you do next. You need to get you a Bible. You need to get water baptized. He was telling them. And he said, because many of them were going back to places far away from Florida. He said, when you get back home, you go to a holy ghost on fire church like this one where the power of god is moving and you find you a preacher that will preach that makes you squirm in your seat, uncomfortable because he is preaching against sin and and you're convicted that's what you need and i remember hearing him tell those people that and that's that's the truth isn't it don't you don't you want to sit under somebody that will tell you the truth that even though it may make you mad i remember a quote the guy a guy said i would rather choke on the truth then swallow a lie alright and then Jude he wrote to contend for the faith and I'll, I'll come back to that later but to contend for the faith we're living in a time when we are going to have to contend for the faith every y'all hear this every foundational basic doctrine that we've held dear for Hundred years, every single one of them are under fire, including the Bible itself. It is being taught all over that the Bible is is not really God's word. It's been you know falsified through the years and all this. Listen, all of that is an attack from the devil to discredit the word of God and to confuse people. If you don't if you don't believe that the Bible is the word of God and you don't have sound doctrine then your compass I talked about at the beginning is completely gone. So now you're in the ship, fog everywhere, and you're totally clueless. You have nothing to navigate. The word of God is our navigation. It's our compass, and which is our lifeline. Because if you didn't have a compass, that, that vessel could sail further from the course off into oblivion where they literally could starve to death. They need that compass. That's their lifeline. I love the word of God. So, before I leave this section, be like the Bereans. We all know the scripture, but Paul preached, and he said that the Bereans were um, very noble. He commended them. He said that when he came to them and he preached the gospel, these were Jewish people, they sat there and listened to him. He said the Bereans were noble because they listened to what I had to say and then they examined the scriptures to make sure that i was telling them the truth and they accepted christ they accepted his gospel and what he was preaching but he said that they were noble and he commended them he commended them for searching the word of god for themselves and making sure that what they were being told was the truth so i I commend you As whenever I preach or somebody else preaches that you go back and just make sure that is what the Word says and let me tell you what I preached last week was this seducing spirits and doctrines of demons this traffics in the church and so these people are going to use scripture you understand that you know everybody knows that if they're quoting stuff that's totally unbiblical nobody's gonna listen to them they're gonna use scripture and maybe even some of it in context but you have to look at if you know the whole bible for yourself and you have and you're grounded in sound doctrine you're well grounded in sound doctrine for yourself have deep roots when they're going a certain line of thinking you can tell wait a second this isn't in line with good doctrine it's just not you know this that's so i commend you if you will search the scriptures for yourself and make sure that what people are telling you is in line with good doctrine all right so jesus said watch out for deception the bible is clear they would be seducing spirits and doctrines of demons but god has given us some safeguards to protect us but you know the bereans here they had a, a loving attitude about it don't i hope that nobody i've never seen this with river of life and i hope it's never there But I hope we would never go into a place and have your arms folded and have some bad attitude like, I don't care what this guy has to say. Who does this guy think he is? That's arrogant. We're we're not like that. Go in there childlike and humble with a sweet spirit, okay? Give somebody the benefit of the doubt. But don't just swallow it hook, line, and sinker either. Make sure, does it line up with the Word? Is Is this the Holy Spirit? Is this another spirit? And if it's God, we want everything God has. The reason why I'm preaching this way is because, number one, I have to stand before the Lord one day. You're not going to be there. I'm being serious about this. I'm going to be by myself. And the Bible says that don't presume to be a teacher because you'll be judged more strictly. I take this very seriously. It's just going to be me and him. And I'm going to have to give an account, okay, number one. Number two, because I love my family. And I'm going to tell them the truth. And number three, I'm responsible to tell the church that I pastor the truth to protect you, okay? And so all of this is done in great love, um, just simply to protect the people I'm responsible for. I hope you see that in my heart. Okay, so the next thing is wearing out the saints. Here is a tactic that Satan is going to use in these last days. Wearing out the saints. Daniel 7.25. He will speak out against the Most High. This is talking about the Antichrist, which as I keep going, a lot of these end time scriptures will become very clear. But anyway, I'm making a point about the wearing out of the saints part. But listen, he will speak against the Most High and wear down the saints. Okay? And he will intend, now this is interesting, to make alterations in times and in law and they will be given into his hand for a time, time, times and a half. That is the three and a half years. Now, I'm trying not to get sidetracked on what this scripture means as far as the tribulation, so just follow me, okay? But the Antichrist will try to wear off the saints as a physical person, but there's still right now an Antichrist spirit in the world. And I'll read that to you. And so in First John 4, 3. Every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come and even now is already in the world. So the spirit of Antichrist is in the world. So the spirit of Antichrist, one of his tactics is to wear down the saints. I'm just telling you, to wear people out, where they go from one sickness, one little battle, one financial battle, a betrayal here, this happens, and you get over it, then this happens. He's trying to wear people down okay that's a tactic in these last days it also says and i know this is talking about the physical antichrist but the antichrist spirit that's at work listen to this we'll try to alter time we'll try to alter the what he's saying there is is satan knows that his time is running out and he's trying to do everything he can to hinder prophecy from coming to pass see that in scripture He's trying to do whatever he can to stop end-time prophecy and hinder it from happening. So, here's a common tactic he's using, destroy Israel off the map. Because he knows if he can destroy Israel, he, he, which he won't be able to. But if he's trying to, because he thinks he can stop the coming of Christ. <laughs> it's an antichrist spirit. All right, does that make sense? So in these last days, we're going to have to face this tactic of the enemy as he's trying to wear down the saints. And it's very important that the way that we overcome this spirit of trying to wear out the saints is in God's house, among God's people, there is a powerful move of God, and this is where it can be a refuge where people can get ministry. You need to be faithful to God's house because in God's house, as the corporate body prays, as the corporate body speaking blessings ministers to you, it's going to give you strength. And also, not only that, will help to break those attacks of the enemy. Okay. I've been through seasons where I can say that the enemy did try to wear me out. Okay. Very bad. Try to wear me out. But the Lord saw me through it but as we come together as a corporate body and pray and seek God there's a corporate the Bible says if two agree it'll be done there's this corporate prayer that produces tremendous results and it will help to break through these strategies of the devil so in other words no weapon formed against you will prosper okay God will give you the victory but at many times it's found in the house of God okay all right, so let me, two more quick things. Um, I want to pick up where I left off last week about the Nicolaitian teaching, okay? So Nicholas was teaching this false doctrine. So the first thing I covered is deception. The second thing is the wearing out of the saints. Now I want to get into false teaching stuff. That So Nicholas was teaching people, the Nicolaitians believed that you could sin with your physical body, but your eternal spirit was made holy in Christ and would not be affected and would still go to heaven, which is ridiculous. But anyway, that's what they were teaching. No doubt they were quoting scripture and it it caused a lot of deception. So you have to understand that this was a heresy that was coming in the early church. And that's why you read, for example, Jude having to write what he did. I wanted to write you other things, Jude said, but I find that I have to write you to contend for the faith. And he starts going down. If you read it in light of what was going on with the Nicolaitans, you can understand Jude was really rebuking some of that. So what the Nicolaitan teaching, it was a mixture. Now, I don't know about you, but I want a move of God. But I want the real deal. Amen? I want a real move of God. I don't want some cheap counterfeit, and I don't want some mixture. I want it to be 100% heaven invading earth the real deal okay so and it's a responsibility to guard what's going on and to not let weird stuff in it really is so the Nicolaitan teaching was there was a tremendous move of god but they were allowing weird teaching to come in that was defiling people and it was bringing an unholy mixture in the word nico or nike means to conquer and the Latian is where we get the word laity the church so the word itself means to conquer the church so what i'm trying to say is this i'm gonna make it real simple right here satan wants to oppress the church and if you allow teaching like the nicolaitans to come in it defiles the church which gives the enemy permission now legal permission to come in and oppress them Okay, so I'm trying to make it as simple as I can. Satan wants this mixture in the church. He wants the mixture of worldliness and compromise and bad doctrine, strange teaching, seducing spirits. Why? Because the body of Christ becomes defiled by it and then he can come in and oppress that church and they'll they'll never amount to what they could. So this is a strong strategy of the devil to conquer the saints, to oppress them says subdue churches from being really successful but if we'll go back and do what the Bible says and, te- and test the spirits judge prophecy make sure these people truly are who they say they are, examine fruit make sure the teaching lines up with the word and we'll do what the Bible says to do then there'll be a purity and the Lord can move in great power All right, a couple other things. Last week I talked about dominionism. Remember? They believe that we're going to conquer the world and then Jesus will come. And they really believe that. And that's very prevalent underlying teaching in a lot of circles out there right now. And it's sad because it's very deceptive. And so they believe the world is getting better, not worse. They believe that we're going to take over governments and you know regions and all this secular stuff and through that usher in the coming of the lord this is this is a false doctrine okay and it's very sad because it's it's bringing in a lot of confusion to people the kingdom of god is a spiritual kingdom and the lord is wanting us to release his kingdom all right and there's going to be tremendous tremendous authority in these last days i believe they hear what i'm saying i believe that the church before jesus comes Is gonna see an amazing move of God we already are but it's gonna get uh, I mean so much better the church is going to see a great revival and a great harvest of souls and just like the children of Israel when they were leaving Egypt they were supernaturally healed and healthy remember there was none feeble I really believe that as the, the move of God is gonna be so intense that there's gonna be a lot of just healing and health in the body And not only that, but the children were were blessed. Egypt poured their wealth into Israel. I really believe God is going to supernaturally give funds for the kingdom in these last days. Just supernatural, I really do. So that people that are sincere can can build a house where God is going to move and souls will be saved. So I believe the church is going out victorious, but it's a spiritual kingdom, okay? And the concern is this. This is why I'm so concerned about it right here. If everybody can really hear this the false prophet is going to be working to unite the religions of the world and the Antichrist is going to be working to unite the governments of the world these people don't realize it but if they're not careful they may be playing into the hands of something very very evil and very powerful I oh, hear what I'm saying and some of these type of people into this dominionism stuff is already starting to connect with chrysalm some and things like that and some of these I'm just saying to me this whole mindset of world conquering stuff is not biblical it's weird but I'm concerned that they're going to get sucked into something that's going to be very dangerous for them our kingdom the kingdom of God is a supernatural spiritual kingdom that destroys the works of the devil and releases salvation healing and deliverance and that should be our focus is to see revival see a bride made ready for christ coming and a great end time harvest of souls let end time prophecy i mean we're not gonna be able to stop it anyway but let let god deal with these bigger issues like this because the kingdoms of this world are going to keep deteriorating And they're going to keep going downhill, which is going to pave the way for the Antichrist to come in with the solutions to bring all the nations together, globalization. They're going to come together. But see, the way things are going is going to prepare the way for the Antichrist. And none of that is going to be defeated until Jesus Christ comes. When he comes, oh man, like lightning shining, I mean to tell you, I would not want to be the people that are in his path. Is when he comes he is going to slaughter all the armies that are coming against Israel and he's gonna put his feet on the Mount of Olives, and he's coming to take over the world and when he does come like that he's gonna come as the son of David the Lion of Judah and the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord in Christ okay but at that time not right now all right the next thing I'm really concerned about is hyper grace um, anyone Please remember this, anybody that ever teaches you in any way, please remember this, I'm going to say this again. Let this really get into your heart tonight. Hear this from your pastor. Anybody that ever tells you in any way, any type of a teaching that makes you feel that you can live in unrepentant sin and still go to heaven when you die, and that's fine. Don't listen to them. They don't know what they're talking about. You're you're now starting to move into end time deception right there Doctrines of demons seducing spirits that type of nonsense. No The Lord is wanting us to be turning from our sin And the grace of God is not there so that you can keep living in sin The grace of God is there to empower you to overcome sin. Amen. All right All right, so that under that heading right there, that's where I come back to the book of Jude Uh, Verse three, he says, beloved, I was making every effort to write to you about our common salvation. I felt the necessity to write to you, appealing to you, that you contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all handed down to the saints for certain persons have crept in unnoticed. Now think about this word right here, these, these wordings, this sounds like sheep, wolves in sheep's clothing, doesn't it? doctrines of demons seducing spirits maybe the nicolaitans maybe he was thinking in his mind about the nicolaitans here certain people have crept in in where in the church unnoticed they weren't discerned that's what he's saying you if we'll obey the bible we'll discern this stuff wait a second but their teaching isn't good i mean this look at the fruit test the spirit something's off and jude was saying here they slipped in unnoticed They were long beforehand marked out for this condemnation, ungodly persons who have turned the grace of our Lord into licentiousness and deny our only Lord Master. That can read this way. They've turned the grace of God into a license to sin. Paul condemned that as well. They've turned the grace of God somehow in their weird teaching. They put a spin on it. It sounds so good. They use these flowering words big kingdom talk you know they use scriptures here and there they flower it up real good it sounds so good but it's so heretical and what it's doing is it's teaching people basically when you boil it down that they can live in sin and that God's grace is a license to live that way that's what they're teaching people all right so i've made my point with that i'm gonna move on but here's what i want to close with radiant confidence so as we look at the end times some of the things we're going to be talking about as far as the world is concerned is negative but not for the church did you know that not for us psalms 34 4 i sought the lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears they looked they look to him and were radiant, and their faces never be ashamed. See, the moon doesn't have any light of its own. We know that. The moon reflects what is shining upon it. If we, let me read this, because I think the way that he says it is so amazing. I, I got this from uh, Derek Prince here, but it says, Radiance is a practical outworking of looking for the Lord, waiting for the Lord. Listen to this. The look on our faces tells us what direction we are facing. If our faces are dark and overshadowed with care and fear, we are not looking at the light of Christ. But if our faces are radiant, peaceful, and full of confidence, there is only one explanation. We have our eyes turned toward the source of light, Jesus. Isn't that good? I I love the way Derek Prince writes. He's just an amazing guy. But anyway, that's the key. In these last days there's going to be a lot of negative things going on but if we keep our focus on jesus then you're going to have a radiance a peace and a confidence that is supernatural you know everybody else the bible says in luke 21:36, right here everybody else out there men's will be fainting from fear and expectations of the things coming upon the world for even the powers of the heavens will be shaken Now we've seen earthquakes but i i don't think we've ever seen the heavens shake and that's it's going to happen the bible says so people's hearts will fail them because of fear did y'all catch that in the last days there's going to be such uh, such horrible things going on in the world there's the terrorism there's there's plagues you know there's all these things going on and and if you're looking at that and you're looking at things from darkness and you're looking totally focused on the antichrist and the false prophet and that's your total focus then there's going to be a depression and a fear and a darkness about your countenance isn't there but if you see these things and you say hey the bible said these things are going to happen jesus is coming is near that's what i'm thinking about and you get your focus on jesus and you stay close to him and focused on him then what's going to happen is is you're going to be the guy that's walking around with a big smile on your face peace supernatural peace radiating the 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 peace of god the presence of god the glory of god and other peoples whose hearts are fainting because of fear are gonna be wondering what in the world is wrong with you man and then you can tell them look i'm not worried about things you know if the lord lets me die today martyrdom or whatever then hey i'm with him there's a lot worse things than being with jesus in there i'll be with jesus all right But if I live, he's going to take good care of me, and I'm not going to worry about it. Amen? So anyway, the the last thing is the communion table. I believe with all my heart, man, this has been burning in me, that the Lord is really wanting there to be a deep, profound understanding about the communion table in these last days. The blood, the body and blood of Jesus in these last days, that communion table somehow is going to be a source of tremendous protection, divine health. And deep consecration unto God. And I really believe that the Lord is highlighting that in these last days. Because he's wanting us to come under the blood. Just like the children of Israel, that death angel came through. And that death angel was impartial. That death angel was just going to kill wherever, wherever there was not blood. They were going to experience death. But the blood. And I believe the Lord is saying to us today, but the blood. Come under the blood and things are going to pass right over you. Keep your focus on me, and you're going to shine with a radiance and a peace in these last days, okay? All right, so that's the sermon tonight. We'll pray for people who want prayer, but Lord, I thank you. Get this word down in us. We want to be people that have a radiant countenance. We want our motives, uh, you know, studying the end times. We're looking for Jesus Christ. The revelation, the book of Revelation is the revelation of Jesus Christ, not the Antichrist. We want to see Jesus, and Lord, we want to keep our focus on you, We want to be under the blood, and we want to move in great power in these last days, see revival and soul saved and a bride made ready. We bless you, Lord, and I thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen.